The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. And welcome to it. This is The Viewpoint. It's with me, Asanda Beda, on this Monday in for Ashraf Gada here on SAFM leading the conversation. Uh, we will start with our big hitter. We're going to go straight into that. Uh, and we talk to Mr. Quinton Zunga, who is CEO of SA's first black owned and managed healthcare listing, RH Bupelo. Call us on uh, 0891 104207. You can SMS 40938 at 1 per SMS. And of course, tweet us at SAFM Radio. You can also find us Instagram and uh, as well as Facebook if you want to use the social media to connect with us. But either way, we welcome your views and your your questions. Now, this is the first anniversary, that's R.H. Bupelo, since listing on the JSE. And we welcome in studio now Quentin Zunga, CEO of R.H. Bupelo. How are you doing this evening? Thank you, Asana. I'm doing very well. Are you? You look very well. <laughs> you look you nice and healthy well. being in the sector. Yes, you, you have to lead by example <laughs> on, in healthcare, unfortunately. Yeah. So tell us where it all started. I mean, R.H. Bupelo, you, you, I mean, this is not where you started. You were in no. investment and yes. in banking and, and that. Tell us about where you decided to now do this. Okay. So basically, R.H. Bupilo was an evolution of R.H. Managers, which is a, is a specialized healthcare fund manager. And is, essentially, we uh, identified a niche in the development of hospitals. Because mm-hmm. as you're probably aware, uh, healthcare in South Africa is not exactly... Uh, doing what it's supposed to do in that private healthcare is getting very expensive mm. and public healthcare is getting overcrowded. And the real reason was that the one of the reasons that that is causing that is that there isn't the development of an affordable class of healthcare that South Africans can utilize. So what's resulting in is that, you know, Private health is catering for fewer and fewer people, and public sector catering for more. It is the statistics are sixteen percent private healthcare and eighty four percent public healthcare. So ultimately, the situation is not getting any better for both sides, whether you're private or public. And we identified a niche in actually developing a different class of healthcare infrastructure. Mm. I mean, our vision is that if you can take another twenty percent of public uh, 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 patients to the private care on an affordable basis, you solve a lot of problems for the country, mm. including reducing the, 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 the overcrowdedness in the public sector. So that's where we started um, um, with our first, we, we have a first fund, which is 1.4 billion rand, which we deployed um, across 14 hospitals. So, as we evolved, we realized that the theme needed more capital, mm. and the private markets were not uh, uh, ostensibly geared to give us as much capacity and flexibility that we needed. Mm. Um, and that's where we started RH Pupilo listing it last year, and it's our first year anniversary, so we're, we're very yeah. proud. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't changed anything much yet, but we definitely have a vision of a very a better uh, a private healthcare uh, market in South Africa. 
Tell us about the name RH Bupelo. RH comes from Resurite Health, which, uh, strangely enough, was a shelf company. So, <laughs> so, so they're very few. <laughs> Sometimes you want to make up a little bit of a story, but <laughs> this, the, yeah. it was a company that we got named like that um, yeah. some, some six years ago. Yeah. Um, when we started into healthcare, uh, we started, we have a primary healthcare centers that are called Resident Healthcare um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, across the Hauteng and a few, one in Pumalanga and one in Limpopo, where we're trying to actually get you know into primary healthcare as well, mm-hmm. which is basically should be the front face of healthcare. So you should be able to access healthcare at a cheap, affordable uh, 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 cost uh, in with a good primary healthcare product, mm. and then graduate along the healthcare spectrum as you need more and more care, which is not exactly happening that way. And that's one of the things that we we wanted to change. So RH Bupilo Bupilo then we added um, just because we wanted to differentiate um, the listed company from everything else yeah. we do. Bupilo meaning life, life yes. in Setswana and Sesotho. Yes, yeah, yeah, so a lot of life there. We, we're hoping. To, to change a lot of lives. I think one of the things we love to do is in our hospitals, the first babies that are born there, we always take a lot of, they become celebrities to us. Yeah. Quite <laughs> <laughs> instantly. So so you became listed on the JSE as a special purpose acquisition company. Yes. Can you explain what that is to us? So a special purpose acquisition company is an asset class that allows you to get investor capital and then deploy it later on a pre-agreed uh, set of, of assets. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a, nov- a new uh, development with the JSC. I think it's about two years old, and the JSC has done, uh, I think, eight eight or nine of them. Um, but it is makes it a little bit more flexible to come to the exchange uh, without you know bringing the assets, yes, because sometimes... If you want to start in a new uh, uh, area, you may have the access to the opportunities, but the the typical way is to go and buy them with your own money and then list them later. Hmm. So for 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 new companies, especially black owned, that actually was never going to happen. So the special purpose acquisition allowed us to go to investor, explain what we wanted to do, pitch to them and then uh, get an opportunity to actually go and acquire the assets on an agreed investment thesis. Yeah. So it is a flexibility, and I think the JSC has done very, very um, uh, well to introduce it and allowed a lot of uh, black-owned players onto the exchange um, in the last two years. Mm. So how do you plan to increase uh, uh, the quality health among you know people in lower to middle-income brackets who can't afford uh, a private health care? What, what's your plan? So our plan is ostensibly around around affordability yeah and and it is it is quite a bit of a um, uh, uh, difficulty because um, and that's why you have the healthcare the commission into the healthcare sector which we'll, we'll talk about but yeah the issue there is to to be able to get affordable healthcare South Africa spends as much as developed countries in terms of healthcare spent to GDP around eight to nine percent so it's not the lack of the money is the utilization if you look at how that money is split it split 16 percent use half and 84 percent use another half so Mm. it's not equal 
at all. Mm. Our view is that if you put an affordable product, you'll be able to get a little bit more people from public sector into private and they will be able to afford the services. And the way we want to do it is the cost of entry of that uh, infrastructure. Um, and it is a bit of a uh, of our IP right now how we bring new hospitals online because if you bring the infrastructure very expensive you ostensibly have to charge a lot more money to recoup your cost. Yeah. So you actually to get this right you have to spend a lot of time and on and efficiencies on how to bring the infrastructure at an affordable rate. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprising, one of the findings of the commission was that the private healthcare sector is not very competitive because they really have a lot of wealthier South Africans to charge. Yeah. So, so they, they, there's not much of a push to do mm. uh, cheaper things. But but uh, this is one of the things. And then the second thing is is around convenience and location. Um, the 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 high population node don't may have as much p- private infrastructure. Yeah. Because normally the private infrastructure goes to the higher end, which is lower population. So if we're going to provide a product that actually serves the market, one of the key things we have to do is actually make them in the location where the high population nodes that we want to cater are. Mm. And we think that will be able to create a platform where you have a choice to go to a medical facility that's affordable close to where you live. Yeah. So, I mean, your journey in healthcare started with uh, Busamed, and that's where you were exposed to the sector. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that and how it's now contributed to RH Bupelo. Yes. (laughs) So, Busamed, I actually started that uh, working with Busamed, not by design, more by chance. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I'm kind of a retired banker. <laughs> so after 13 years in banking, yeah. I was like, well, now let me go and uh, retire. And um, uh, met with uh, Busamed, the sponsor, Dr. Mji, who's uh, one of my mentors. And um, he, you know, he convinced me to help him raise funds for his hospital group. He had mm-hmm. raised, he had built one hospital before, and um, it was a challenge. It was a completely, it was, you know, as one can imagine. Yeah. So, so now, and the second one was also a challenge. So he had mm. actually lost the hospitals ostensibly because of the funding challenge. So mm. when he started, uh, Busamed um, started with the National Empowerment Fund. And uh, he brought me along to help him fundraise for the group, mm. which I was then. And then uh, I did that for three years, and I was actually surprised we were pretty good at it. <laughs> so yeah. we we raised probably close to three billion for that group um, to to uh, to roll out infrastructure. Yeah, and got exposed to healthcare, and it became so abundantly clear that healthcare capital is lacking as much as there's quite a lot of money in South Africa but for healthcare especially for private sector healthcare it is difficult very mm-hmm. difficult and that's why you find very few black owned players and and very little uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 e- evolution of the market so with Busamed we had a chance to actually build hospitals so that's where we kind of uh, under where I kind of understood how to start from scratch because mm-hmm. basically the group had four licenses and pieces of land 
and it was like wow this is where it starts and <laughs> you wouldn't believe it now i mean now it's got seven hospitals one of them in Waterfontein there yeah. and if you came you know six years ago it was just a bunch of ideas yeah. and um, land and piecing together that story uh, led us to say wow if we can help busamed we can actually help a lot more other players in the market and that's right. that's how i got this so yeah ironically people call me a doctor and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. actually oh, i think i almost made that mistake as well <laughs> we're chatting to quentin zunga ceo of sa's first black owned and managed healthcare listing Arish Bupelo here on safm's viewpoint i'm asanda peda remember you can still call in 0891104207 you can sms us 4093 and that's charged at 150 per SMS. Now, the SABC's editorial policy draft is available for public or final public comments till the 1st of August 2018. Download your copy on www.sabc.co.za forward slash editorial policy. You can also grab a copy at your local SABC office. Deadline for submission of comments is Wednesday, the 1st of August 2018. The SABC editorial policy. Grab a copy and have your say. On the next episode of The Man Cave, we take an in-depth look into one of South Africa's most prolific designers and quickest growing fashion brands. And the first rule of Dane Fern Fight Club is don't mess with the Dane Fern Fight Club. No, not breathing heavy. It's how I breathe all the time, man. That's all on the next episode of The Man Cave, Tuesdays at 8.30 p.m. on SABC3. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Sorry. All right, we're back with uh, Quentin Zunga, CEO of SA's first black-owned and managed healthcare listing. That's Arej Bopelo. So, I mean, talking about, uh, you know, some of the challenges, one of them being funding in terms of how, you know, when you were starting even as well, what would you, you know, attribute that to? Is is it because is it, you think it's got something to do with, you know, the fact that you were first, you know, black-owned uh, or because, you know, healthcare has kind of changed in terms of what the focus was when before it was all about HIV. Now it's more on non-communicable diseases, which are longer term, you know, uh, things to manage. Why is there an issue around funding when it comes to healthcare? So one of the biggest thing is that healthcare is not as um, easier understood like energy. For instance, right now, if you want to start an energy project, you get into the IPP round, and then you get a what they call power purchase agreement, which is guaranteed by the government. Mm. So you are guaranteed that if you generate the power, the gov well ESCOM will pay, but the government says if ESCOM can pay, we'll pay, and consequently. There's been 200 billion rand of, of energy transactions done. Funding is not a problem there. Mm. In healthcare, it's slightly different that investors feel that they're exposed to the market because you don't have absolute certainty as who is going to walk through the door. Mm. You build three, four hundred million hospital and then you wait at the door. Yeah. <laughs> it freaks out investors all the time. So, yeah. so, so basically, you can't mitigate that. You can't. You can in some instance, but not with the kind of uh, uh, regulatory framework we have. It's not that easy. So, you have to take a lot more time to understand the market you're going to serve. Because if you build in the wrong location, it's not like you can move the hospital. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> you just have to now realize it's it's going to be a tough going going forward. So that market risk is not that easy. And even for the banks that we worked with, it took them a while to get accustomed to how we mitigate that risk mm. because they can do an energy deal quite easily. They can do a mining deal where you sell the, 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 the product to somebody and you know exactly if I just produce, I sell. Um, here, the, you can't get that comfort. Your comfort is actually doing the analysis around location up front. Um, and that's that's one of the things that 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 makes it um, um, very difficult to 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 manage. The second thing was obviously being black owned in a in a market that is new. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, what do you guys know about it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we had to fight a lot of that. So, you know, you kind of like there's not much precedent. You are new. It, it was a lot of that, but uh, it's it worked out so far. And I think we will use the track record in the past to build a bigger story. Yeah, it's 21 minutes past eight o'clock here on uh, Viewpoint here on uh, South Africa's or the SAFM leading the conversation, talking to Quentin Zunga, CEO of RH Bupelo. We've got a, a caller, Amakule. Amu Gelani Amu from uh, Malamulela. I'm sorry if I have abbreviated your name too much there. Uh, welcome to, to The Viewpoint. Your question for Quentin? Um, first, uh, before the question, I just want to congratulate him for the achievements that he has made through their, their company. The, mm. the, uh, the question that I have is that we, we have got a, a license um pharmaceutical pharmaceutical depot mm-hmm. um we we have been having the license for the past uh, two, two to three years um but the challenge that we are facing is exactly what he's talking about that uh, funding from the for the private sector in health is quite difficult we are struggling with funding we've got uh, infrastructure um, we're paying for the depot we've been paying for the past um, three years um, we have everything ready, but except that we don't have resources to start. I wanted to find um, in that case because we tried with the national empowerment funding. We tried with our depots in um, no space, but we, we really cannot break through in terms of that. So I wanted to find out if it could assist in terms of advice. All right. So you ba- you based in no space? You're saying. questions for yes you? i guess yeah we, this is definitely the big problem how to fund this new infrastructure and as new black on players it's even more difficult mm-hmm. um and and we can help you with with a few contacts um and a few uh, open a few doors so i'll, I'll leave my 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 contacts or, or try and get your contacts because it's it's in healthcare it's about setting up networks that work and we are already present in 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 um, in Pumalanga Nelspruit. Um, oh. We are we're shareholder in Kiat. I'm sure you know it as I know well. Kiat, the, the private hospital that is just there. Yes, it's, as well yeah, uh, yeah. as well as uh, we've just acquired Barberton Hospital there. So, I mean, there there's synergies we can look to working together and 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 networking and opening some 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 opportunities for you because that's how we create an ecosystem. It's got to be 
led by a groups that that are, are are developing and that create the 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 space for other groups and as well as the funding opportunities for for the group to participate all right okay. i think maybe uh, you can leave your details with our producers amu and uh, we'll forward them to quentin okay thanks i'll definitely do that all right, we've got an SMS. So thanks for your call, Amu Gelani. Uh, uh, why do, this is the SMS. It reads, why don't they extend all clinics and put three doctors at all clinics? Then instead of the sister sending a patient to a hospital, the doctor at the clinic can check. Uh, that's from Buzz. Um, I think they may be talking about uh, public. Primary, yep, and, and Premier. So, so is so your view there? This is the funny thing in healthcare. The solutions are there and simple, but implementation is a challenge um the the issue there is that as a private hospital you actually can't employ the doctor so mm. you are you are legally not allowed to tell them what to do <laughs> so, yeah. so so you have to work within the, the the framework because unfortunately the doctors have got their own association which actually works within their own parameters so the best you can do is locate yourself somewhere where you think you can attract the doctors and by negotiation bring them back there but it is a very tricky thing because doctors by nature are also trying to make money and i'm mm. sure some of them are listening so that they can call in and, and talk to us <laughs> yeah we'd actually love to hear from yeah some doctors so, so well. you know when you build something i mean we've built primary centers and you know the, the doctors may not have the latitude of waiting for the patient profile to develop mm. because some of them want to make money and they want to make it quickly so you can you can do that but you have to now work with a lot more dynamic uh, planning it's you know it, healthcare is peculiarly complicated from the regulation perspective mm. there's so many things that seem logically easy but they're not and that's why we have uh, the, the the wrong kind of pricing and the the the, the, the state we're, we're in at the moment on SAFM, leading the conversation with Quinton Zunga, CEO of RH Bupelo. And this is our big hitter section of The Viewpoint. And uh, we continue our chat. Remember, you can call in 891 SMS 40938 at 1.50 per SMS. We're going to take another caller uh, from Durban. Spa is joining us. Welcome to The Viewpoint. Yes, hi. Hi. Good evening. Um, good evening to Mr. Quentin and congratulations. Thank you. I yeah, congratulations, my brother. I must say I'm I'm quite inspired. Mm. I just have one quick question. I'm a I'm also a healthcare professional, um, specifically within mental health. Mm-hmm. And I um, obviously been running a practice in mental health with an intention of actually on the plan of opening sort of establishing a private psychiatric or investing in a private psychiatric, you know, facility. Um, the challenge has been that, uh, you know, most of the investors are quite very reluctant, um, you know, to invest in a, in a psychiatric facility. You know, from the, you know that, with an understanding that if you, you know, um, the mental health facility is not as your typical medical mm-hmm. or surgical facility where, you know, you'll pay for, you know, there'll be more of the sort of the consumption as opposed to be offering a bed and, you know, um, medication and everything. I wanted to just find out from your, probably, you know, from your experience, um, is there any, you know, um, um, a funding um, specific contact, um, you know, um, that 
one could have um, specifically for dedicated psychiatric facilities. Yeah, I think psychiatric facilities are actually, um, they, we have putting a little bit of focus on that, especially on RH Pupilo, because um, as you're probably aware, uh, psychiatric facilities are in short supply and mm-hmm. and mental health is becoming a very big problem. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but uh, can you can guess as many reasons. So yeah, and yeah. and and the focus that mental health needs right now is more facilities in the right location, especially from a regional perspective. Mm-hmm. And I guess the the key thing there. To attract that funding, it needs a lot more partnerships. It's very difficult for a single sponsor to go and convince the investors to put money. I think what we need there is collaboration. We can collaborate with you. So, again, also, if you leave your details, uh, we can chat later. Um, It's really about this partnership because um, getting funding for these facilities is very difficult and you mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. to be working with other people. So yes, there are solutions and it is around creating uh, partnerships around that. Okay. Just by take another, another quick question. Okay. Sorry, I, I'm taking this advice. It's okay. Now. Go um, ahead. Pat. Yeah. Probably, there, you know, there's, I think there's a, quite a lot of um, fears around, you know, the NHI, um, yeah, you know, not not really people not really being sure as to what is going to happen to the private healthcare. I think the private healthcare industry is sort of shaken a little bit. Um, I'd, I'd 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 like to hear your you know um, your your point of view around that as you know and and how have you sort of positioned your um, company um, to sort of talk to the policies of um, you know the the developments around mm. the public. Okay, healthcare. if we can just hold that a bit, yeah. uh, we'll come to that. Uh, we'll we'll break down the NHI and what your views are on that, and then we'll answer your questions. But if you can just listen on the radio, we'll get to that. All right. It's, it's half past eight here on uh, SAFM, leading the conversation. This is uh, the SAFM Viewpoint with me, Asanda Peta, talking to Quinton Zunga, CEO of uh, SA's first black-owned and managed healthcare listing, RH Bupelo. When we talk about, and we'll come to the question, Gaspar, in terms of what you think about the NHI and, and that, when it comes to then, you know, trying to make uh, healthcare or quality healthcare accessible to the lower to middle or middle to lower income, where does it put, you know, or leave the people in the rural areas? Because we know, especially in private healthcare, it's in the urban areas mm-hmm. and it is expensive still. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for the uh, for the rural uh, person? Will they ever get to a point where they do enjoy these benefits of private healthcare? That's a very very big question because naturally because private healthcare is is a, is 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 looking for the higher earning population. It's located more in the urban and high end uh, 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 location. So the rural is uh, and some of the peri urban in. Uh, uh, South Africans are left out. Um, it is a challenge because it is one of the things that we as a group are trying to um, uh, address, which is trying to customize particular infrastructure that works in peri urban and rural because the economic case for rural is much tougher. you got bigger geographical spread. People live a little bit far mm. and now you find people traveling 30, 40 kilometers to find a healthcare facility, which in my view is not acceptable. 
But the flip side is that it's difficult to put many of them because then the populations are more dispersed. So what we are, are advocating is much more smaller facilities that are meant for referral that can actually transfer and 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 be the first point of care for for the rural population so it is something that even the government needs to look at and i think uh is one of the things on the agenda because there are some people within mm. this within south africa who are really have battling to get you know healthcare services close by and we we want to serve some of them but yeah. uh, it might need collaboration with government to do a lot more so talking about then the natu- the national health insurance bill uh, and you know being this the the national health insurance fund and it's at the core of that being that you know uh, the fund will buy healthcare services from mm, health professionals mm. and then deliver those how do you think this can or will it address the goal of delivering access to proper healthcare in theory it should well let me t- in theory it, it it the the thinking is exactly right in terms of providing medical insurance for everybody mm-hmm. uh, universal in practice there are kind of couple of structural problems number one there are not enough facilities to provide good quality health care to everyone so the government has to upgrade public infrastructure to a certain level and number two private sector has to provide more affordable different products mm. so we have to talk about infrastructure which for us is a massive opportunity mm. because if everybody is a customer you can pay for the insurance uh, for the healthcare, then our business will be exactly in the right place but there is a big implementation question mark mm. which is what the market is not quite sure how they're going to implement it because it's a massive undertaking mm. we're talking about uh, you know uh, you know billions and billions of annual um utilization there and i guess the key thing is how does that get done efficiently without actually losing the very few gains we have and uh, ostensibly from our viewpoint it's a very big opportunity and we would like to be able to support the government in trying to create the facilities for people to use on medical insurance mm-hmm. we we don't have the 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 challenge that the bigger groups have which is our infrastructure is newer we have more capacity to provide so the big groups are unhappy because their infrastructure is meant for the 16 percent they're very happy to cover the 16 percent so now they do have a challenge that they might have to take one very high paying person and put a lower paying person right so for them it cannibalizes the existing market and that's where the the, the friction is, yeah. which is not exactly our problem at this point. So I think the government will find that there are some groups which love the idea and, and they are, the incumbents will be a little bit more um, adversary. So currently we're sitting at over 4,000 uh, health facilities then mm-hmm. in terms of the public space. How mm-hmm. many do you think we need? It's, you know, you always go in by population. You need a, a bed for every, for three, for every thousand people. So if you calculate that, you get an astounding number. <laughs> wow, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's about efficiency and location. As well, it's about integration of primary health care. What happened in South Africa, which is quite bad, is that primary health care was fragmented, mm-hmm. right? So there is no consolidated primary health care. Everybody is, is, is good. is their own surgery in some corner. 
and the big groups uh didn't invest in that part of the market so ultimately everyone's view of going for healthcare is going to the hospital so if you have a, anything happened at the weekend you're in an emergency mm. you know we need to actually go to the low cost model which is the first point is primary health care and only go to hospital by referral that way you'll be able to cover the population much better mm. because to build hospitals for everything is going to be an expensive it's unaffordable yeah so it's it's around how do what's your first contact with healthcare, and how do you escalate up the ladder uh, at, at the lowest cost um, at the most affordable uh, pricing point. Right now, you can see an, a, a very specialized doctor just by thinking about if you've got a uh, if you if you've got a headache today, you can go and see a neurosurgeon tomorrow, mm. just because you want to and you can afford to. Which is the highest cost point? It shouldn't be like that. You yeah. should actually go through a bit of a channel. Um, the minister tried to in the first white paper. He tried to legislate it. I think he got a bit of a backlash there. Mm. Uh, he tried to make it a law that you can't go to a specialist without going to a GP first yeah. uh, as a law. Uh, which, you know, is obviously, you know, with the constitutional democracy, it's a challenge. It's going to be tough to do. But the the real, that is the issue. You know, we are consuming the highest cost healthcare in uh, in South Africa. And we need to think about cheaper models that uh, mm. give us better care. The costs we are spending on healthcare and the outcomes don't match yeah. at all. Mr. Mlambo, I know too they're calling us from Park, but I just want to ask the, the fact that the, the bill, the National Health Insurance Bill, is trying to say that they will you know, separate the procurement of mm-hmm. the services from the delivery of the services. Will that help? It will help. I think one of the other structural problems from a public sector perspective is that healthcare is actually controlled by the provinces. And this is completely political territory, so I won't say too much. Yeah. <laughs> because, because unfortunately, the minister's hands right now are a little bit tight. He He's more like a policy uh, instigator. And national health actually removes the payer, because right now the payer is the province. And mm. we have different levels of, of, of delivery in the provinces. Some provinces are very good, some are not. I think we read all the stories yeah. and we know them. National health care will, to some point, address that. But it can only do it if the national health is actually set up very efficiently so it doesn't introduce another layer of complexity and and non-delivery. So if we create another public-owned discovery with their efficiency, mm. then you're good. You can you can get something done. All right. Let's take uh, Mr. Mlambo. You're calling us from Fande Bell Park. Welcome to The Viewpoint. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. And you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just want to ask, I mean, in connection with the, I mean, with the health, I mean, I mean, how far are we going? Because now sometimes we find the NHI has been on the cards for the past 10 years, and now when we see the people in the health care, probably we do have the people with certain interests who can, even if the government wants to implement the NHI, but because they are afraid of losing business. The same like schools and so forth, all those people with the private schools, as long as the government wants to introduce something, they are always fighting against But on their side, how far do they help the government to implement the NHI? And, for example, 
if you can take a medic clinic, it tried to go to UK, but because UK NHI is so strong, they could not make it. They they lost. They even came back to South Africa here. But now on them, how far are they going to help the government to implement their system? Or probably they will try by all means to make the South African government uh, their, their system to fail. Mr. Mlamba, when you say them and certain individuals, are you referring to healthcare professionals? I mean, the healthcare prof- professional as well as, I mean, as entities. You know, what happens, you know, the uh, healthcare professionals, most of them, they want to run all those, the private, uh, I mean, like the surgery and so forth, where they can, uh, but now including as the, I mean, as the entities, the bodies as well. Mm-hmm. So now we need, I mean, people, they could be, prof- I mean, as an individual, as a body, but still coming to the same to the table and help the government to initiate the plan so that the plan is I mean, is, is pronounceable. Thank you for your call, Mr. Mlamba. We're going to take a short break and then we'll come to you with the answer to that, uh, uh, how healthcare professionals and entities can help the government in terms of implementation and maybe just bringing also forward their own suggestions on how to improve healthcare. It's uh, just 20 to 9 o'clock. That's our time. Stay with us here on The Viewpoint. Do you know your credit status? Consumers neglect their credit status until they need a loan or have been rejected for one. This week, Hilunga Lulako aims to bring awareness on the importance of understanding one's credit status and how the credit bureau handles their information. Watch Hilunga Lulako on SAPC One Mondays at 12 in the afternoon as well as Thursday evenings at 10. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. We're back with uh, Quinton Zunga, CEO of RH Bupilo, uh, this uh, evening's big hitter. So let's answer Mr. Mlambo's question yes. there before. Yeah, he, he asked uh, healthcare uh, professionals mm. and entities and their role and influence in helping governments or standing against governments if there's something to stand against and not being quiet because of fear of losing their jobs or po- uh, positions. Look, it's uh, to be quite honest, it's been a big fight. Um, already, even this commission, I mean, it take it took uh, two two years to actually start legal fights because the the forces in healthcare are pretty strong, mm-hmm. uh, and they do have the money and they can take on the government on various challenges. Um, because it's been confrontational, there hasn't been a lot of you know middle ground created to create the right product um which is a bit of a shame because i think if everybody works together they we will find a better solution because ultimately there is enough money around to work on that and he is right you know some of the groups have gone outside the country and tried these models and they didn't work because there the government insurance is much stronger in its way it operates for private sector is actually more of a luxury mm-hmm. so in south africa we've got an equilibrium set at the wrong place to change that they're going to be losers and and some winners and the losers are fighting, so it's not the minister is not going to have his his way. He, there's going to be a lot of fight. Even this, I don't think everyone of the groups have come back conclusively with their opinion. They're studying, studying, studying. Mm. You know, and some uh, some of the medical professionals have come out. I read in the newspaper. I don't know if that's the correct way to to judge, but to say, look, we will run away because you know they are used. Some of them are used to charging whatever they want. So it's yeah. moment that they have to take on this patient and charge a certain tariff 
it may or may not inspire them and change their or their their viewpoint their economic equilibrium so we are going to a bit of a, a rumbling um but it's probably necessary because if left untouched where the country is going with healthcare is not helpful for anyone. Mm. Um, I don't think you'll find any sector of the market happy. Um, we do need to be able to, to, to get to the middle ground and create models that sustain a South African population um, at an affordable, affordable pace. So the groups are, are not yet helping um, as, you know, to answer more directly. But mm. I, uh, you know, I think you know, the more the minister pushes, you know, I think there should be middle ground to be to be looked for. Let's read uh, one of the SMSs now from Ben Mapaila in Saibi. Uh, it reads, I fully support the implementation of the NHI. Healthcare in South Africa is for the rich people. Ma- majority of blacks live in dire situations. Mutualedi should start, uh, that's Minister Mutualedi, should start now and cancel his medical aid and all the Ramaphosa cable must start uh, going to the public sector. What's your views <laughs> on what Ben is saying? I think um, you'll be you'll be one of the most interesting aspects is that government employees are actually on on a gems, which is actually good medical uh, aid product, which gives them access to private healthcare. So I think if NHI is more like gems, the whole country be winner. Mm-hmm. I mean, gems. You know, if you're a policeman, if you're a teacher, you've got you can get any quality healthcare because gems. Uh, is is a big fund, yeah. so uh, probably not asking the minister to cancel, <laughs> but asking him to create a gems for everyone, which is NHI in 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 effect maybe a better yeah. way. But the key point is that we need better public sector and we need better, cheaper or affordable private. And one of the big reasons is that the infrastructure in the public sector was never meant to service eighty six percent. So it, there's no way it can cope. Mm. I mean, one. I mean, yes, yes, there are breakdowns and everything, but we are trying to. You know, the government hasn't been building new hospitals because it's so expensive in a big way. Uh, so you're getting a population that is using a small uh, infrastructure and its queues. You know, the nurses are frustrated, the doctors are overworked. Mm. It is not meant for that. So we need the private nexus sector needs to come and support by taking some of that burden, but they can only do that at an affordable price. Let's check another SMS uh, that's come through. Uh, this is from John Murray in uh, Tswane. What contingency plans are to be put in place to staff the NHI with the present state of overloaded staff already for years? I think you kind of touched a bit on that. Yeah, I kind of touched it, but he is right. You know, the, we have structural problems to get NHI. The quality of public sector needs to also improve. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is getting the personnel on the staff. And, you know, there's some problems in South Africa which should be solved, which, you know, it it's mind-boggling they're not for instance you know we're always talking about sending the doctors to cuba you know mm. why can't we build our own i mean we'll create more jobs why can't we build tertiary more tertiary training hospitals so there's certain things the government can do more proactively i think if there is a need to just get on with the job of the solving the simple problems um you know right now the nurses it's a bit of shambolic i mean the curriculum mm. has changed they've been closed for a year i think mm. i'm not sure when they open or if they've opened you know there's some problems which 
they shouldn't be like that because you know they they are not complicated they just need everybody working together and we will need more nurses more doctors we we think they should be trained here there's no need to actually send them to cuba or why can't we build more hospital but a lot of it has to do with private sector and public sector working together yeah and if they don't the problems will be uh, um, amplified mm. um, and so simple problems to, will have very little solutions and that's one of the things that us as a company think we can do because we're a little bit more neutral mm. um, you know we're, we're new so we don't have historical uh, issues to take care of ours is let's paint a better picture and let's mm. fill in the gaps with uh, new infrastructure I guess that also answers uh, say, uh, the second part of SPA's uh, question in terms of how RH Bupelo is, you know, affected by the NHIO or mm-hmm. how, you know, you you plan on making it better. Yeah, we definitely want to provide, you know, um, uh, facilities for the government. Mm-hmm. Um, if the government uh, does this very well, uh, private uh, NHI will be what the generics tender were for private pharmaceuticals and we South Africa has some very big pharmaceutical companies which are actually incubated by government business. Mm. So you can work with government and get a better outcome. It's just that meeting point and we want to be much more accommodative to what the government wants to do and support them with with infrastructure. Yeah. So in terms of investments then mm. in the healthcare professional space or in healthcare mm. sector, how are you hoping to change the face of of that? And the representation (laughs) also of more black companies. Yes, firstly, we want uh, to raise as much capital as possible. I mean, we, the listed company is very small. I mean, I think when the big groups look at it, they're not yet worried by our presence because we're not that big yet. But I think we are onto something and we are going to continue to expand and increase our platform. Right now, we have acquired four hospitals. Um, in that platform, we are managing another uh, five for our unlisted group. Um, plus, we are also expanding in terms of um, 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 psychiatric care. Um, there are a lot of aspects that we're looking from an Irish Bupilo perspective, which are very, very um, um, transformatory. So, we, in our minds, we we will create the you know the 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 largest black owned healthcare group and compete with the big 3 it's a question of time yeah. and the reason why we're confident is that the problem is not going away so we will be here to solve it now in the future please do stay around yeah. <laughs> be do, do stay around and don't go anywhere mm. mamelo you calling us uh, from uh, durban what's your question or comment thanks for calling first of all myself and my comment is as a medical profession I find that the difficulty is race. You find that the private health sector will not provide space for us to work based on our race and I want to know what is the transformation agenda of uh, RHBP. Thank you for your call, Mamelo. Straight to the point and quite short there. What's your answer to that? You can listen in the radio. Yeah. That, it, that is very true. Um, um, and um, unfortunately, you see, hospitals are built as networks of, uh, 
of like-minded doctors and it's almost like clubs so if i'm in a hospital and i'm a neurosurgeon i do have sway as to who the next neurosurgeon is mm. and unfortunately because um, and these are the things we don't talk about. Though. We don't talk about. So black doctors struggle to find space in the in the bigger groups. Not, uh, and I wouldn't call it, uh, you know, uh, by intent, but it's just by design. There are mm-hmm. older doctors who've been there who unfortunately may not be black, and there is no space for them. So they get frustrated, you know, you know, in some of the places we are, we actually consciously are trying to give them space because once they get frustrated, they're not going to be able, a lot of them won't specialize. Mm. Um, a lot of them will actually not pursue v- various other things that could be much more beneficial to the community. And it is a problem, but for our, from our perspective, Rather than complain about it, we want to put infrastructure that helps them. So we are transformatory. Our policies around um, 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 resourcing our facilities are very mm. transformatory in nature. Um, these are black-owned hospitals, and they actually will bring uh, black-owned doctors as well. I think as a group um, with our unlisted portfolios, we're opening hospitals in Stanger, in Velcom, mm. in Lebua Como, in Fryhead, in all the places that, you know, you actually need to travel South Africa to know. And we want black doctors to have access. In Durban, we also have some facilities there. So also we should um, uh, be availing that to all the specialties. And we believe if we do that holistically, yeah. we're providing not only a platform that transforms the infrastructure setup, but also transforms the skill level, the race and the composition of the doctors and creates a bigger dynamic that will just basically change the face of healthcare going forward. And that's one of the roles that we want to play. That's a very important one at that. We're going to take a short break and continue our chat here on The Viewpoint. Stay with us on SAFM leading the conversation. I'm Asanda Peter. Tony, Tony, leave that hoover. Come and sign here. Yeah, but me, what is it? I'll explain to you later. We don't want to keep these nice people waiting. Just sign on the dotted line. Hi, but all these forms have my name. Look, here it says I'm the director of this BEE company. I've never heard of it. But everybody's doing it too. Look, I also signed here as a witness. So just sign quick and your children will have a very nice Christmas. I'm sorry, I can't. This smells like corruption to me and I will not put my good name on it. Fronting is when companies pretend to have a high triple BEE level to score tenders. It is punishable by law. Report fraud and corruption at 0800-701-701. Fighting corruption is everyone's business. A message from government. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Talking to Quinton Zunga, CEO of RH Bupelo, that's SA's first black-owned and managed healthcare listing. And you can still call in, uh, still have a little bit of more time uh, before the news, 891 SMS 40938 at uh, 1.50. The SMSs are charged. You can tweet us at SAFM Radio. Find us on Facebook as well as Instagram. So let's talk about, I mean, psychiatric health care mm-hmm. and, and wh- whether that has enough attention in, in the public space. Wow, with uh, life history, man, it's good. Mm. <laughs> it came into the fore. And everybody started to realize, wow, we actually have an issue here. But yeah. um, you see, 
you know, statistics are saying that, you know, one in every 10 person needs some mental uh, help. I don't know mm. if it's a good statistic or what it says. <laughs> one in, in 10? Yeah, South African. So, I have a feeling <laughs> it's one in five. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, mental health has mm. become, I mean, with the kind of stress levels, mm. things that people are dealing with, breakdown in families, it is is an underestimated uh, problem mm. and unfortunately because the facilities and expense are so high and the government has literally had a big challenge as we've seen right a lot of mm. things are not being solved so mental health is one of the things we want to focus on because it is a subtle kind of new newer problem Mm. Um, and it's 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 linked to the, our lifestyles, the kind of pressures we put in. You know, you're getting depression, and you know it's like a clinical problem. We have a depression issue in the country, which needs to be solved. Mm. Um, but to find those facilities, well, it's very difficult, and it's very expensive. So there is a lot that is undiagnosed and unattended to. Mm. And if anyone was to actually the 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 the, the the, the the psychiatric and mental facilities, I think one of the big groups did a transaction where they bought another one, which just goes to show the attention this they are now putting on a private, that this is a growing market um, that needs to be attended to. And in public sector, the government has to be a little bit more uh, efficient around delivering that care because unfortunately it takes a lot of the burden. Yeah. Um, I mean, it takes a lot of the burden and the private sector is only starting to welcome it now there are very few psychiatric f facilities and that's one thing that needs to be solved and can be solved with nhi um, in terms of uh, helping the population and the professionals the healthcare professionals in that space of mental health are they enough if you put more infrastructure you would need to get more 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 professionals so in it currently because the infrastructure is very small mm -hmm. it hasn't been a big challenge but as we go along it will need to be also addressed um, so depending on rollout and, and how that infrastructure put new, newer, uh, more professionals will be needed. I wouldn't say that's where the biggest, the biggest problem right now is actually been on identifying, you know, mental health mm. as a problem yeah. because everyone is in denial a lot. And Absolutely. if everybody actually comes to terms with where they are, we don't have enough facilities to cater for, but it is something that you know, uh, has come to the fore with life estimating that mental health is something that people don't think exists, but it's actually it's in a there. big way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The taboo needs to be removed mm -hmm. there. Uh, so, and, and I mean, yeah, it really does need to be removed. And we're going to be going to news shortly. So just your closing remarks before we let you go. I think my closing remarks is around optimism that everyone should not be frustrated. Uh, and let's look forward to developing a new, a new equilibrium. I think the the government uh, needs help. Uh, look, there's a lot of criticism, but let's mm. let's support them. Um, Black-owned groups need to come to the party. The incumbents need to come to the party because ultimately, looking more of the economic imperative without looking at the social imperative of healthcare is not exactly right. You got to balance it. You got to you know go there and invest to make money, but also go there to solve national problems. And that's what mm. RHP Bupilo is about. It's in our logo is. Uh, health is wealth. Mm. So a healthy nation is a wealthy nation. So we really want to work with all different partners and, and, yeah. and get the job done. And we're optimistic we will get the job done. Um, um, Are you willing some. to give out your contact numbers or would you rather people contact you on your social media? 
Uh, yeah, I can give out my contact numbers. Okay, can we have them? <laughs> no, Spa wants them as well as Amu and uh, I think. Yes. So yeah. uh, you can reach me on uh, 083 mm-hmm. um, 608 mm-hmm. So if you've got good ideas how to solve the problems, let's talk. Thank you so much. Oh eight three six oh eight one two one three. We're going to yeah keep that number if you want to call in. If you missed it, uh, we'll we'll give it to you. Uh, Quentin Zunga, CEO of Arish Bupelo. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you. Point. It was a pleasure, and thank you to your listeners. It's just got after nine o'clock. Time for news now with Greg Hose.